podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. Oh, hi. Walsh here. Welcome to another Fireside Chat, FMLFPL. We have someone who doesn't need introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. LR Late Riser, Pernil. You may know him from his pod, FPL Wire, writes for FFS. He's been around. Really just a worldwide celebrity at this point. Pernil, LR, <laughs> welcome. It's uh, good to be here. Uh, you can also add long-time listener and fan of FMLFPL. It's, uh, you guys are what got me into the pot culture. Like It wasn't a thing here in India, and the first podcast I ever listened to was FMLFPL, and that's what really got me into it. So excited to be yeah. here, and we've been here for a long time, so yeah. we've known each other I mean, for I a long time. So. That's true. I mean, I guess it's welcome back. Um, yeah. Yeah, you and I do have had correspondence for some time. I don't even know when when it began, but you know, how's life? I haven't talked to you in a couple of years. You know, how, I know last time you were on, you were t- you chatted with Alon. How's life? How's everything going over there? It's uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, I'm excited for this season. Uh, okay. Last season was the probably the worst, most least fun I've had playing FPL in a long time. Ever. And that was probably because of how the second half of the season went, where uh, the game made the moves for you. You don't really need to think. There's no scope to fuck around to play around. And I think that might change this season. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Every game week one preseason is a new beginning. I'm sure we'll be sitting here game week 27 <laughs> lamenting some other thing that we are unaware of today, but we'll get there in some months. So. Yeah, we will. We will. We yeah. will. How's so tinkering going for you? Oh, here, yeah, good man. Good. Just you know, got the kid now. You know, he's he's three, so that's been keeping us busy at home and potting when I can. You know, a lot less time to myself than I used to have, but still managing to kind of cash in my freedom points with the wife to watch as much footy as I can. <laughs> but you know, that's, getting that's, by, getting by. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah. Also. That's good. That's no, all you want to absolutely do. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. So I was, you know, curious just since potting now for you over there for a couple of years, you know, how it's kind of influenced or impact sort of the way you watch football or interact with football. You know, just maybe broad, but maybe take it anywhere you want to go, but just curious. I mean, yeah, it's just not potting, it's writing as well, right? And it sort of changes every year it's it's so physic in terms of your intending to do something and that sticks for maybe one or two months and then things happen and life happens and uh, fpl outcomes happen and your sort of temperament is shake shooken and you don't know what you're going to do and you don't really uh go with what you predetermined in terms of your approach for that period or that season so it's just so physic and it's about honing in and zeroing in and zoning in and uh, getting back the temperament as much as you can and sort of avoiding self-destruction. And that's the question that we're always asking each other or ourselves, right? What do you really want to get out of this game? Like, what's the, what's, what do you want to get out of FPL? And maybe I think a couple of seasons ago, 
because I had like a consistent stream of good finishes. It was like, okay, I need to sort of maintain this. And I sort of forced myself to play in a certain way that didn't come really naturally to me. And there's a sort of a middle ground. And I did that last season and I absolutely hated it. And this season, I just want to not be afraid to play the game. It's, that's the only intent I have. Okay. So what does that mean exactly? Last year, you were just being in a good content creator, doing the things you're supposed to do that everyone's going to give you a like and subscribe for your moves? Or what does it mean? It's not even a like or subscribe for the moves. It's, it's, it's just, there's not much scope to get creative. Like last season was a shit show in terms of the blanks and the doubles. Really just like that. You could just move like five inches left or right. There was not like a four week span, I think, which we have today. And I'm hoping we have this season, uh, you know, and especially my think, uh, you know, earlier I was skeptical of the pricing, but if, you and I have 15 completely different players, with the exception of Erling Haaland. Uh, I think we both have a decent chance of doing well, given the optionality that exists in the game. So far, yeah, like, there's so many good picks. So exactly. the pricing is the pricing, and you know we'll get there. But so you're saying, I mean, it's it's hard last year looking at hindsight. Like really, the, the season sort of ended around game week 20. You know, we didn't really yeah. realize. I mean, I'm approximating. And we, we didn't know what we didn't know. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of troubleshoot that or learn from that experience. You know, we've never had that many double game weeks in a row ever. So, I mean, you're sitting here saying sort of what I'm hearing you say is kind of like, I want to go back to my bad boy self and pick, you know, this mad player because I see something even though he's in 2% of teams. Yeah. Is, that, is that accurate or am I extrapolating too far? Uh, yes, I think you can maybe hone that in a little and that would probably be accurate. I just want to go back to the basics in terms of the process. Like I was just thinking the other day, I, I don't spend as much time as I did on fan forums, like reading fan opinions and seeing their speculated lineups. Uh, you know, instead I'm distracted by uh seeing whatever Elon Musk is pushing to me on Twitter. Uh, you know, it's it's not focused research. It's not diving into what I want to see or what I want to figure. I am not trying to solve a certain puzzle and looking deeper into that puzzle. I'm uh, just sitting and letting everything get thrown at me. And I want to sort of change my uh, process in terms of the number of people I'm talking to during the course of the season and just go back to the Old years where you have like a solid trusted group of five, six people that you maybe enjoy talking FPL to. I want to read a lot more about football, watch a lot more football, watch a lot more football videos, football podcasts. And I want, I want to strive back to that direction. I, I, I even gave the whole analytics approach a try for three, four, five weeks. It's just not fun. It's just not how I enjoy playing the game. It's maybe nice to have in the background, but I never really got into it. I was doing it because you got to try evolving as an FPL player, right? But I just didn't enjoy it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's something to that, but evolving is very open-ended, right? So it's not yeah. necessarily evolving and seeing things the way, or maybe it, like you're saying, it's being pushed to you on Twitter and how everyone kind of is regurgitating similar pieces of information versus coming up with something new or interesting or enjoyable to latch on to. 
um, yeah, it's tough. That's a tough one. Because okay. a lot of times it's not even evolve, it's just iterate. You know, I mean, evolve kind of implies that you're transforming in some way to something completely new or completely different. And, you know, if it ain't broke, it don't fix it. You know, so how much is a subtle adjustment versus like a ripping down to the studs and, and gross overhaul? You know, that's yeah. a tough one, right? Yeah, but it, it's eventually about the subtle adjustments. I don't think you, like you said, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. You don't really need to. And it's, I mean, you got into the game because of the things you enjoy and those things don't really need to change too much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. How's the pod going? Do you enjoy it? you like it? Yeah, I really, really like it. Uh, it's just, uh, so it's, 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 I do two shifts, right? I have the business and, and then I do the pod as a side thing as well. So it's just a nice distraction. Uh, it's, I don't think it's changed the amount of hours I spent reading or sure. watching football sure. is just spending an hour and a half more maybe talking about it yeah and i don't mind that because uh you know pod partners are great i enjoy talking football and fpl to them i think we complement each other fairly well so i enjoy it absolutely enjoy cool, it. Love what I do. yeah what's it like getting stopped in india like all the time just being like holy shit are you our lr and you're like oh yeah that's me dude what's that like <laughs> that doesn't happen that doesn't, doesn't happen, happen. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That doesn't scenes, happen. Scenes. Yeah, okay. Scenes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead. You were going to go? Yeah. I mean, uh, just wanted to understand you had a great chat with Dr. Bradley. And uh, it's, it's been a week since you've had that. So I'm guessing you've had time to sort of process that. Is there any sort of conclusion or anything that you're leading towards that you want to take away from that? conversation that you want to try going in with this season? Uh, no, I mean, it, it sort of just really concretized different ideas of, you know, what team am I going to start with? You know, I mean, is it going to be max perversity? Is it going to be a balance? Is it going to be, you know, huge risk reward? Is it going to be safe? Is it going to be template? You know, is it going to be a team of pen takers? You know, I've, I've kind of just started thinking a little bit more broadly of, you know, what direction do I want to go? But I haven't at all really come up with a solution yet <laughs> with, with these few weeks left to go. Is there a direction you're leaning towards? And is it no. Oversty? No, no, no it's no direction. I mean, I, I, you could tell me today. It's you know, say I have four drafts. You know, that you're going to pick any one of these four. But oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's yeah. definitely not like I have. You know, I'm seventy percent here, and then these are just dalliances on the side. Um, you know, I want to see the preseason continue on, and you know, I need to finish up with Alon and talking with him and seeing. You know, he's he's still close to the chest at this stage, like hasn't really gotten deep in like I have so far. That's just how he plays and how he operates. So I need to, I need to get more out of him as he gets a little bit further deep in and thick in, into the woods, into the weeds rather. Um, but I think the, the main thing that I thought was interesting from talking with Dr. Brad that I've still stayed with me after the week is, you know, what is the data that you're using? Like in terms of the players, you know, is it, stats is it having fun is it what you see is it different you know i mean what is the thing that is tipping me over picking player a and not every other player <laughs> in the game yeah. so i haven't really come up with like what is that 
data? You know, what am I going to actually lean into and use? Um, but the one thing I have been thinking a lot more about is just penalties, honestly, um, which I know we didn't really talk that much about with Dr. B, but, you know, I've just in the background of, in the dark recesses of my mind, just ca- I keep, I've always been, you know, privy to pen takers and how to evaluate, like, is it worth 0.5 more for the pen taker versus the other guy, maybe a little more open play? Like, you know, you can, you can kind of contextualize that within the team or whatever players as much as you want. But the idea of just literal free goals, unless if it's Mitrovic is kind of insane. And I don't know if people like talk about that enough, but what do you, how do you, how do you see that? What do you think about that idea? There is a certain weightage in your head that maybe you're sort of subconsciously doing. It's like when you're talking even about the metric on which you're basing the decision, which you're trying to be consistent with throughout the season. I don't think it is one metric. It's it's sort of like 10% of A, 30% of B, 40% of C, and the remaining 20% of D. And it's probably you maybe writing that down because I don't think it can just be one thing and one thing alone. I mean, it can be, but I don't for sure think in your case it is because I do think you understand players, their skill sets, you understand their roles in teams and uh, repeatability, all the things you guys talk about on the preseason pod. So, and coming to penalties, yeah, it's, it's just a subconscious thought. I mean, this is an idea that comes to me while just talking to you. Now that you mention it, it's, it's, you guys watch way more football than anybody I know in terms of at least in the podcast or the content creation world. And maybe because of the amount of football you're watching and because of what you're seeing, the sort of open play, good, crazy thing sticks with you more than the penalty thing. And that sort of tells you in a certain way. Do you think, is there any truth to it? It's just an idea that came to my head right now. Um, well, I'm trying honestly to sort of reduce it more, like just to think of it conceptually that, you know, okay, you have Solanke last year on pens, like get fucked. <laughs> he has literally zero all year, right? But yeah, just yeah. the idea of you have seven attackers, therefore you could buy seven pieces of penalty. And, you know, this isn't to say you're going to own Jorginho, you know, who does literally yeah. nothing else outside of, you know, the penalties, right? You're still looking at a player maybe like, Eze, right? Who's the season going to get, you know, plus minus 12 returns from open play total. You can spike a year where we get seven pens, you know, or you could unspike a year where we get one or two, right? But ultimately, there's no amount of analysis you could say of like, oh, well, this team's spending this much time in the box, therefore they're going to get this many penalties. Like, that's just the fucking nonsense to try and figure that out. To say like, team A gets more penalties than team B. It's year to year, it's a joke. But just the idea of, well, if I have seven players who are all not in the Jorginho mold, who are, you know, doing something in open play, chances are, right, you're going to get a lot of extra goals (laughs) there is that an edge you know that's just something i've never thought about before you know just throwing out like watching like oh no omato is gonna do this or that so i want him i don't know yeah i think you could do that and you know if you want that to be a factor that you want to consider do that but like like that's one thing that because when you guys are even doing the preseason pods right it's always uh 
discussing what these guys are going to be doing through the season, which uh, goes against the nature of the game, which is dynamic, like information today and information 30 days from now, there's going to be huge differentiation. There's going to be things that you guys are going to learn. So if you're trying to maybe implement that idea, you sort of say that, okay, Saka, for example, right? Penalty taker in that Arsenal team, 8.5 million looks like a gift. Don't really look like you're going to get rid of that player in that position for a long time. So you've got a penalty taker there. And there's a couple of other positions where you've got a penalty taker. And then you get Eze, for example. Let's assume Eze has a great run of fixtures for the first three or four games. Are you open to being dynamic with this position or this spot in your team? And the, the, the glue guy thing, right? You have certain, like, one of the things I've just generally noticed with you is when there is an idea in your head, you go to the hundredth percentile of that idea, where like the, the, the happy place or the middle ground yeah. or the genuine strategically correct way to probably do this is played in the 75th oh. or the 80th. Yeah, no, no I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like to like, take the idea and the concepts to the edge to really yeah. push it. You know, I like to learn what that ha- what happens when you do that, like tripling defense, right? Yeah, yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid, <laughs> but it's fucking fun, you know, and it puts my feeling state at that ultimate level of, you know, watching the last five minutes and then stoppage time when I have, you know, three Wolf players and they're home at the Molyneux on Monday night against the relegated team, like, holy shit, like, what's going to happen here? And then, you know... Kilman throws the ball in the net. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm screwed. Right. You know, but no, like yeah. you're saying, I mean, I think also just the concept of glue players is like you're saying that goes, that basically is, is testing the hypothesis that the game is dynamic, which is yeah. stupid. You know, I mean, Eze yeah. is not a glue player because he's, he's going to get 150 points. Like, you want him in good fixtures, right? I mean, it balances exactly. out. You know, he's not getting points against City and, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal because we're not fucking attacking in those games. So, you know, you still want to get these players, you know, in their peaks, not in the valleys. And it is predictable. You know, it is more predictable, like we're, like but we talk about. I actually, I was thinking about this last season and I want to know what you think about this. I think when we're looking at fixtures, at least for the top, definitely the top two, three teams, and maybe for the top five or six teams, like I think the tough fixtures for attackers are as good as the easy fixtures. Because like of the change that we've had sort of in the league, where you see less Taishas and more Artetas, and there's just more purists as managers who are absolutely going for it. Like I think of a lot of games we've seen in the past two, three years, where there are goals in those big games as well. Is there an adjustment to be made here, you think, in terms of how we're perceiving these pictures, especially for the really good teams? Um, I mean, to me, the players that we have in FPL that are really good on really good teams, the fixtures matter very little. I think you, you yeah. still aren't going to go into it captaining, I think, because like, you can always get the KG affair where the game is played in the middle third, and it, you can't yeah. really predict that. But I think it's it's more like the low block versus going for it when it's mid-table lower teams like that we can adjust for because... You know, we are seeing a shift in how teams are just playing and what they are looking to get out of games. 
But I think for the mid-table teams, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, I think it's just too contextual and, and case by case to really predict. And I think you need to really pay attention to like the first few games and learn because we every year, right? We sit here every year preseason. Oh, last, you know, I remember like when Mourinho was at United and then you're like, oh, you have to have at least two Man United defenders and then they don't keep a clean sheet for two months. Right. So, you know, we have to remember that, you know, okay, we want to try and have ideas from last year and there are going to be some carryovers, right? Where we're looking at, well, City didn't keep cleans last year generally, you know, cleans were down last year generally. There is, you know, every year we we are faced with brand new things that happen that the managers go away for a, a month or two. They look at everything 50 million times and then they come in with the new plan gimmick one. So it's like, how fast are we able to adjust yeah. to the new information and then take on, oh, this is like that time from three years ago, maybe not necessarily like, you know, last year um, yeah. in terms of the fixtures is sort of you know, sort of how I see it, but it's, I still think it's not like, oh, I have stones, they're playing Liverpool, bench him. You know, I mean, we never did that. You know, we've never done that before. And just because I do believe this year, maybe that game's going to have goals in it. Liverpool City or Liverpool Chelsea game week one, right? Bench, you know, Trent. It's like, what the fuck? You know, (laughs) I'm not getting these players to bench them because it's a good fixture and I expect goals, right? It's still like, these are the best players. I have them through thick and thin. You know, it's, you have to see something more dramatic than a fixture change, I think, to not have, you know, Jota, if you're, if you're going to commit to Jota or something like that. I don't know if that answers your question. It, it does, because it's what I'm thinking as well. Like, I don't think the fixture ticker matters for 75% of the players we're essentially looking at, honestly. Like, because of the way the pricing is done, you can get all these players from all these good teams. And I think it applies primarily to, primarily to attackers. Not that we're going to bench a Stones or a Trent or anything of that matter, but like, <laughs> traditionally speaking, you're not looking to change your defenders but you're looking to change your attackers. Like most of the transfers that you're going to spend, you're probably going to spend on your attackers, or at least that's how I'm wired to thinking when I'm going into the game, right? So like in your head, you're thinking that if you're getting stones or trend, it's it's for until wildcard one. You don't really want to move that spot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, let's uh, go over to your team and talk United for a few minutes. I know it's difficult. You know, it's July 27th, we're recording this, and there's still no striker. Um I don't know, Hodgland, the fucking Atlanta guy, maybe he's coming in. We'll see about that. Who knows? But how are you looking at Man United from an FPL lens and their assets and the pricing and blah, blah, blah? You know, maybe I'm sure you've done this already on your pod, but let's do it together, you and me. Yeah, I think uh, there's just two standout picks in attack. It's pretty obvious, Rashford. Martial and and Rashford. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah man tony man i feel so bad about the whole situation that in it, that injury has fucked it like he's lost three which one <laughs> yeah, which one so many of them so many of them it pisses me off yeah but i'm kind of hoping that a saudi club doesn't come in front because i love him so much and i love having him and so i still want him to have that redemption arc uh, which i'm not sure he has it in him anymore because of the injuries that he's had but i've just always been a tony believer and i just love loving him that's it man it's okay if it's irrational yeah. as well yeah but uh, Ra- rashford and bruno keep going rashford and bruno i mean uh it's 
were set up to create chances for Rashford and uh, you know the kind of football that Ten Hag plays. It isn't the kind of football that City and Arteta play, where it's straight up control the game against deep blocks. Even when we are playing deep blocks, he likes to do the counter pressing, baiting them, and then hitting again. Right. So we're designed to create chances for Rashford, whichever way we're playing. So he's just the best pick. Uh, like a little bit of uh, things that. You know that that sort of stood out to me from preseason and Tenag pressers or a couple of quotes that stood out to me where Tenag is like one of the big reasons to get Mount as an eight on Rashford's side is because he has the ability to drift wide, which uh, Ericsson doesn't. Similar to what Sobosla is capable of doing for more, so that it allows Rashford to drift inside and make more and more of those inside runs. And Rashford himself was asked where he likes to play the game and what his best position is. And he also prefers that left forward position. I personally think Rashford's best position is that left forward position and not the striker position. And I think we're going to stick with that. I hope we don't change that too much. Like, like you know, Stenax experiment with Sancho as a false nine in preseason. And I think that actually works because the, the, the sort of, wingers that we're playing with or the inside forwards that we're playing with. They're, they're the kind of guys who are going to make inside runs and take shots. They're not your typical creative sort of fingers. So I like that. And whatever I've seen of Bruno against Madrid in the morning, Bruno played on the right. And I don't think that's going to be uh, a case that's normal. Like, uh, no, I, against most middling to poor teams i expect uh, casemiro to be the 6 and mount and bruno to be the two eights and uh, maybe against uh, some of the tougher opposition he likes to have a little more control a little more protection in the games which is where he tends to play bruno wide or he's capable of playing mount wide he's got that optionality now uh, and he can throw in another midfielder in that eight position so bruno's a great pick whatever i've seen in the first phase, in fact, Mount used to drop deep to create play. Bruno was always around the halfway line or forward. And just Bruno's Bruno. He sees incisive. He's great. He keeps trying. And I don't think that's going to change. Both great picks. And I think we're going to get better. It's year two of Tenag, right? And because of the handcuffs he had last season, he couldn't really implement a lot of the things. And, uh, you know, having Onana in automatically means that the entire team shifts like five to ten yards further and what that leads to i think it'll lead to more chaos in attack at least so i'm optimistic about our attack i don't share the same sentiments when it comes to our defense no yeah that's that's makes sense i mean with bruno it's like if he's playing a rigid position he's a fucking shitty fpl pick (laughs) he needs to have no position when he's playing with no position which is you know typical then yeah he just does whatever the fuck he wants and runs all over the place. I mean, I I was interested to hear your thoughts more on Bruno because I know Alon and I sort of teased at, you know, the idea of is he a good FPL pick? Because yes. you have the penalties, fine. Mm. But also, I mean, if he's playing in the second striker role where he can drift in and he doesn't have responsibilities, that's one thing. I'm finding it, though, too, that you know, historically, he had that one insane season, and then he had the little, you know, couple-month period where he took the league by storm when he had just arrived. Uh, you know, he is coming off two years of just, you know, bad, bad FPL pick. You know, just bad FPL pick. You could find those those returns from Bruce, from Bruce Bowen, you know, from from Mr. Mr. Bowen, or some, some 7 million player is going to do that. 
Are you seeing it just as they've been in transition for the last couple of years? You know, the team will get a striker that will make everything tick a little bit better. And, you know, he's going to just kind of bounce up to what we've, we sort of think he will. Or is that rose colored glasses from the first two years? And no, actually, the player he is because he, you know, in open play doesn't, you know, he's, he's not a striker. He is a, a midfielder. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, you could talk me into anything with him. Basically, is what I'm yeah. saying, but you seem much more bullish on him this year. This is, whatever the answer is, I think the best time to find out is game week one. Like, sure. because, you know, you've got Wolves at home, Spurs away. Spurs look like a great fixture for attackers. You've got Forest at home, and then you've got Brighton in game week five. They're just great fixtures for attackers. And it's, I don't think you can go wrong uh, starting with Bruno. And just because of the way he's priced, he's on the upper tier of all these players you could easily go down to should you feel like if you want to. So that's just, it makes a lot of sense as an FPL pick. Where, the, in my opinion, the best time to find out is Kimmik one. Uh, Bruno's the kind of guy where, you know, he will not like. You know, he's not an asshole on the pitch, but like having the captain's armband on, he's the kind of guy that actually would thrive with a certain status and something like this on his sleeve and he'd want to do more, etc. He, he's probably believing that they're capable of winning the league this year. Like that's because that's just who Bruno is. So yeah, like I think he's okay. a good pick. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you say that and I sit here and I take kind of an opposing view because to me, he's a dumb idiot on the pitch with the referees, his relationship with the referee every game. So just because yeah. you have the armband and maybe he'll get three less yellow cards for dissent because of the armband protecting him from that, I find he plays and is at his best on the pitch when he is not worried about his refereeing situation. So we'll have to see. Time will tell. Time yeah. will tell. Yeah. It's something he's going to do irrespective of whether he's got the armband or not. Like he's spoken about this, like for in his head, he thinks it's like a strategic advantage that he does this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's nice for him to think that between his ears. Yeah, yeah. And then when you look at his you know, stat sheet <laughs> yeah. at the end of the year of eight goals, nine assists, it's like, how about that, yeah. Bruno? Like, how'd yeah. you do there? Nine. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. Good, good United chat. And we'll see about the striker. You know, it is, it is very premature because, you know, when you, if we are going into the season, Rashford lining up at striker, no one's in. I'm worried about that. You know, he's not in my team if he's yeah. playing striker, honestly, which is kind of counterintuitive. But, you know, I think you and I kind of see that somewhat, whether he'll probably still be in your team, but, you know, we'll, yeah, he's we'll somewhere see. from my team. He's staying. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. sure. Um, what else? Where do you want to go from here? Any ideas? Uh, uh, yeah, I actually wanted to talk to you about Liverpool because, sure. like, the, the the whole thing that I'm debating in my head and like it was so reminiscent of when I came and spoke to you three years ago where uh, Alon and you were talking and you guys exactly were on the same page that I was in terms of you know having the flexibility and rationale. This is talking about your premium pod where you talk about the more thing where you get him in, there's so much flexibility, there's an option to move into whoever you want to game week three because of that price point that more holds and uh, all of that. But then Alon talks about, you know, how they're going to lose two of the midfielders. Uh, what I wanted to understand is, while I can see where this leads to lack of stability defensively, do you think it sort of filters into attack as well? Because they've just got a huge pool of creatively great 
players and uh, you know i don't think klopp is the kind of manager who exercises control anyway he's more about chaos than control uh, do you think this is going to filter into attack and lead to a decrease in their output very into worry about that for your thoughts um, in terms of the adjustment period with the new midfield yeah i think it's i don't agree with that that he prefers chaos to control i think it's more controlled chaos i mean they are yeah. very position they they are very positionally and tactically like intense at liverpool's that's how klopp yeah. is i think more how the press is triggered you know who's doing it how everything flows yeah. and it is a unit you know it is a it, it relies on all 11 players to work um you know it to me it's sort of the more of you know with bruno right say you have reservations about bruno well it, it is more about the answer is ridiculous. You know, no one will have it, no matter how much bandwidth or how many hours you spend on it. It's just what are you going to bet on, and when do you feel? Where do you feel like pushing your chips in? Because, yeah, I mean, Liverpool have an extreme amount of change and turnover this year. You know, we're looking at this small sample size of what they did with Trenton playing in the more advanced role and more you know inside role at the end of last season for like five games when half the opposition were on the beach and nothing mattered. You know, now, right, we have some familiar names in defense. It's very thin back there, but we do have familiar names. So, you know, the thing we talked about years past when the, you know, the defense fell apart when they're playing, you know, Nat Phillips in defense, that they can't get the ball forward and it doesn't matter who the midfielders or attackers are. They're just fucked. Now, you know, yeah, they're having an insane turnover in midfield, you know, where they're going to be and, and attack, you know, the, the, the center forward and left wing position can be two of any of these players, you know. Midfield, sure, you know, Sobosly is going to slot in there. Who's going to be playing next? Is it Curtis? Is it Harvey? You know, is Sobosly playing left? You know, we don't know. He played left a little bit. You know, there is such a changing of the guard that they have uh, an extreme amount of change, extreme amount of turnover. How are they going to be playing? And is it going to be clicking from game one onwards? You know, they will destroy teams this year. Will it be game week one? Will it be in August? Will it be in September? I don't know. You know, and for me, when I look at the FPL game, it's probably not the smart, air quote, smart time to bet to find out because the fixtures are bad. You know, the fixtures are just, you know, obviously homeborn with game week two is extremely good, but they're bad before and after that for a while. You know, no, no promoted teams for a while. Ownership's pretty low. I mean, so what are you gaining? Okay. You know, maybe they do fucking destroy Bournemouth 9-0 last year. Reminiscent. That's possible. But are they going to follow that up going up to St. James and, you know, score three or four? Probably not. That would be pretty crazy. You know, I mean, how going to Stamford Bridge, sure, Pochettino right there, we don't know what they're going to do, but they have good players. They're going to be in a system. Pochettino's not an, an idiot where he's going to be like, oh, let's play our way at home, like at Sanford Bridge, show the fans is what we're doing. Like, no, right? I don't expect that. You know, I expect them to concede. But yeah, I expect Liverpool to, to start slow. And, you know, that's why I've been really at most just Mo. Um, and if I were to make my team now, I would probably not have him. Um, and I'm happy to find out, even though, you know, right? There's always two sides of the coin. Alon is sitting there. Well, he's never been a differential. <laughs> he's a differential in game week one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's really just about more like which piece of the information are you going to buy the most stock in and, and back it up? Because I don't think the flexibility matters. I think hits are really like 
I don't care. You know, there, and uh, there isn't like you need someone at 12 five this year to back into all these 11 million midfielders. You know, I mean, there is no such thing really. So, you know, you have max flexibility with Rashford. (laughs) You know, there are midfielders you need that for this year. So that's also different where I don't think that really plays too much into my thinking. Um, What do you, how how are you receiving all that? Yeah. I mean, it's literally weighing that up and how likely is that? let's not call it 9-0, but like a 4-0 or a final going to come up versus like the Haaland captaincy. Like that's something I'm looking at early season. Like, you know, I like to bet against the uh, chalk captain and it's it's about the City versus Newcastle game also. And Haaland's never a bad captaincy option at home. But it's about how I perceive that game to be and what that to happen and whether I want to make my more captaincy bet against that and then see what happens game B3 because that's the fun I want to have. Like, like, there's, 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 there's a chance or an option to make 20 points, 30 points against the crowd here. And that's what, it's what I like doing. And it's what I always tell myself that, you know, if you want or have this thing to work, you need to take enough shots. I've always said you need to take enough shots for it to work and then win 50% of them. And I feel like early on there might be a shot. But again, I'm not convinced that uh, City are going to struggle at home against Newcastle. Like... Newcastle, Loki haven't been defensively that great, right? End of last season. So that's that's what I'm weighing up. And it's it's about the compromises that I'm making if I'm going with more and without more. Like if I'm with you, if I'm going Liverpool, I'm going more or not going more. And it's about those compromises. And that's the weighing up decision that I have at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're obviously captaining Mo Game Week 2 if you have him. It doesn't even, nothing, yeah. there's literally nothing that would have, that would happen to change your mind there barring a player gets injured. You know, Mo gets hurt. It doesn't yeah. matter what happens game week one that that would be altered. But yeah, I mean, the compromises also are just not that extreme. Like there are so many yeah. six, five mids, seven million mids in that area that you can, you know, as long as you're happy to go light on defense, you know, that you can easily make a good team with Mo, just like you could easily make a good team without Mo. And yeah, I mean, that's, I am very, very bearish on Newcastle. I think they just are going to have a really hard time this season. I think that their squad depth is really bad and I'm such a staunch non-believer in Edward that I think he just got that he just had like a deal with the devil kind of season last year and now that he's going to be having this new experience fighting on multiple fronts, I think that they're going to have a really difficult season. I I mean I'm not thinking they're finishing like 13th or something, but I, I think that they're not going to be FPL wise, you know, similar as we saw them last year, so we'll we'll see where that goes. I share similar sentiments with you. Yeah. I agree. I'm concurrent we'll with those we'll yeah. Um Yeah, so Liverpool, you know, it's also with Liverpool too, is they do have so many, well, other than Mo, so many good attackers who, if you're saying any of them play 2,800 minutes, you know, or they are first choice, like they're better picks than Mo. I don't think that's even yeah. close. Will we have that? You know, I don't know. You know, it might take injury, might never happen, might happen from game week three. So that's a tricky thing too, because, you know, there's a world where Darwin's insane. Dio, Joe does insane. This fucking Diogo J on the thing is killing me. Joe does an insane pick. You know, I mean, there are other insane picks in the team too. So we just don't have the information yet. And I don't, I don't really The information we have is, 
Mo's going to start. That's the that's it's only a two week fling thing to see whether I'm able to spike that twenty points on everybody else. Like lit, it's just literally that. That's the, that's the only yeah. Thing to- well, I'm also sitting here. I mean, you know where I I go to the third and fourth level, but yeah, game week two, Watkins home Everton. Yeah. that's yeah. my cap you know i don't have mo i'm just doing that you know i have no idea what the city newcastle game is going to look like but you know if i don't go with mo i'm gonna have Watkins, and i'm gonna captain him game week two and i feel like that's a double return game for him and i'm happy yeah. to do that you know so that's also playing around in my in the back of my mind yeah it's it's a good shout i i i've I've caught up to all the content you guys have done so far and I'm backing you to make the Watkins backing. You're making me think I'm actually feeling a little bit of FOMO when it comes to all the Watkins. Because I do, again, agree that I think he's that good a pick. Like, I don't have a different read. I think he's almost yeah. a little underappreciated because there's so many new shiny toys uh, in terms of strikers and uh, you know players who show you the stars. But uh, Watkins is solid. He's good. I don't think you should change that slot by the time 12th August comes around. Yeah, no, I haven't for a while. He's been sitting there. You know, I had my initial like seeing Nkunku's price and just, as I said on our earlier episode, I think that's just a mistake. Yeah. However, it might not be a mistake game week one. You know, how are they clicking? How do they look? They might, you know, stutter. And I can't imagine any world universe shape or form where Villa come out of the block stuttering because yeah. they've had so much time with Emery. The system is very clear. They have a, you know, they have the new right winger Diaby coming in who I think will oh. over the long run, but they have no Europe to start with. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think players like Watkins, like for me, I think that was a big moment I had last year where you would never heard a distract a detractor from Ollie Watkins more than me in the first two seasons. I hated yeah. him. Right? I was yeah. always nagging Watkins. And yeah. Alan was always like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like he's good. He's a good <laughs> pick. And I'm like, no, he's a bad pick. And I was just going crazy about that. But yeah. you know, he changed last year and I'm proud of myself that I was able, I think, to kind of get out of my like hatred for a human that I've spent years with him and I'm not continuing to kind of indict him on his, you know, previous transgressions there. And I see him as yeah, fantastic pick. And he is like 14% of teams. It's criminal. You know, he should be in 30 at least percent of teams with the forward landscape. Um, And the fixtures, I have people, I think too, see the game week one fixture and it's like, Oh my God. You know, if it's a bad fixture game week one, when I look at my team game week one and every 11 fixtures are not good, I'm, I'm unhappy. You know, I'm mad about that. And I think that has a huge, huge influence on the game week one teams when it should have a really, really small influence on the game week one teams. And it's not even a bad fixture. Yeah. Attacking wise. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, I don't think there's a bad fixture for Ollie Watkins. That's, that's my exactly. thing with him. You know, it's good teams. He has more counters, bad teams. They'll have more of the ball. And, uh, yeah, so yeah. we'll see there. Are there any other really? kind of like... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, there's, it, it's the two teams that have shown so much promise last year that like we're sort of going to be focused towards because there's, no, there's not that much new information in terms of what to expect from these teams. And it's, it's Aston Villa and Brighton. And again, Brighton, like Deserby is the favorite manager in the league right now. And like they create chances for fun. 
So that, that the thing I'm struggling with right now is they've just got so many options in that front four. Like, what's your read of that entire situation? Like, I think Mitoma and March, maybe March, I'm not sure about March. I know you hate him, but like, like those two look secure. But what do you think about Ferguson? What do you think about Pedro? Pedro looks phenomenal. Like, he's in my draft at the moment. And it's it's me being more hopeful <laughs> <Yeah>. than <laughs> not at the moment. That's, that's and a then July there's an yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. They spend money on him. He looks great. Uh, it's like, like what what do we know of Deserby, right? Like he came in, and until there were distractions or a fixture pile up, he played his guys all the time. Like there wasn't any changing. And the moment there was a little bit of a pile up, he started rotating. And I don't think we need to worry about that until game week five at the moment. Uh, well, it wasn't even a pileup. I mean, it was three games a week. I mean, it was like, it was yeah. ridiculous how many, they had like 15 games in 30 days or something. They were playing like every other day, basically. I think yeah. you throw that away. Um, yeah, I mean, for me with Brighton, I mean, we haven't talked too much about Brighton, but, you know, I and love the fixtures Jao are insane. Yeah, well, well, we could talk about the fixtures before we get there. I mean, I love Jao Ladro. That is someone, ever since he was 18 at, at Watford, I was like, he's so good. I think he's such a good player. I think he's the best player in the team by a lot. I think he's the best attacker in the team by a lot. Actual skills and ability. To me, with Brighton, and he is my favorite pick, but I, he's not a game week one pick at all. I think not even remotely close to being a pick game week one. We need to see... We need to see him just playing him consistently because I I do believe that Deserby plays his best eleven. He's not gonna you know do crazy shit unless if he's playing every other game. My issue with them as a team is that you know they succeed in spite of themselves. I don't believe their individual players are very good. You know up and down the team. You know I think Perv is a f- good left back. They don't really have a good center back. I don't know anything about this Igor guy they just bought from Italy. They don't really have a good center back. I think Dunk is bad. Um, you know, I think March is bad. I think Matoma is kind of bad. I think he's. It's nice to watch him because he's so good at dribbling. But overall, I don't really think he's going to be like, holy shit, he's just a superstar waiting to happen. You know, he's a winger. You know, he's just a winger. There's a reason why. You know, he's playing in Japan last year and no one knew who he was. He's put in this position to succeed. And that might continue, and he's an FPL pick. But I'm just saying more broadly is like, can Brighton as a team take a huge step with this squad? I mean, the answer to me I'm is surprised just resoundingly you think that about no. Like, yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't I can seen see enough say, of I, him shooting, like taking good shots. I feel like his movement's kind of iffy. I don't see much versatility in him. I, he got a few really fluky goals off the back of his head and shit like that. Deflected goals last year. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him to be really convinced. I love watching him. But I think he's My just a tricky pro- winger. My problem with him is his shooting, but his on-the-ball stuff, his off-the-ball stuff, his positioning, I think he's great with all that. But I just don't know if he's a good finisher. Like that, yeah. that, That's the problem. I have and I don't him. agree with the off-the-ball stuff. I think that's Deserby. I don't know how much that's him because the system is so... There's so it creates so much space because of how everyone's moving all over the place that he just finds... He's like, oh, any fucking... I think, you know, Mark Albright, and you would sit here and be like, wow, he's great in space because, like, he gets to play on the left <laughs> wing of Deserby's team. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah, I see that, that a little bit more with Matoma than the dribbling is undeniable. You know, you put a player yeah. in front of him, he will blow past him. 
yeah. FPL pick. I mean, yeah, the only problem with the shoot is the shooting is like saying, you know, besides that, how is the play Mrs. Lincoln? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah. bit tough on that one, but it is, you know, there are, they're all cheap. There are going to be picks here. They players on their team will come in and out of our team all season. I think I just, I'm a little bit, you know, uneasy with, you know, the best player is the manager. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, it's just tough. And I think that they are, you know, targeting and buy, you know, buying someone like Jao Pedro, right? I mean, he wasn't bought for 3 million from Anderlecht, you know, which is what most of their squad is right now. He's fucking good. You know, I mean, Ferguson, you know, he showed flashes, but he's a fucking kid who's really not played much. You know, I mean, again, you know, these players put in his system to me will look good if they are decent. You know, I mean, Dahoud. Dahoud's a player they don't, they've never had anyone like Dahoud. You know, Dahoud's better than all their midfielders. But How the, is he going to settle is, in? You know, we, we'll see. But because they look good, the fact that they look good is because they're doing good things which lead to good outcomes. And yeah. that, therefore, they're good FPL picks. Like, like I, it's, like, that's the thing I'm struggling with right now because like, the crux is that like, once Reserve came in, right? Like, I think they were the second best attack in the league. Like they were punching their weight above everybody else except City in the second half of the season. And you have players from this team, 6.5 or under. Like, so like, like the genuine dilemma that I have, right? right for, for the more thing to work, I need to have Brighton guys. And I actually believe in Brighton a lot, but the, the, the minutes are a doubt. So that's where I am. I don't have any doubts that if the, the right, guy who's expected to be first choice is going to be playing, he's going to get points. Like I'm that confident and that much of a believer in Deserby. But it's just the minutes. That's, that's where I am. Yeah. From a, I mean, like Solly March, for him to get six goals and 10 assists means that he is ad nauseum repeatedly having like goal creating or final ball actions over and over and over again. Because yeah. when Solly March does that a little bit of times... He's not a pick because he's fucking terrible. But if he does yeah. it 17 times, it's going to come off twice. And that is what we've been seeing, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think the, the other thing with the five subs with him is interesting because I, I could see, you know, they do have so much like amalgamation of similar type player where you don't lose much by playing in CISO or this guy or that guy or the Wellbeck or Ferguson or whatever. You know, we might be getting a lot of 60 minute games, which might be frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, you, you do need to sort of, cash those chips immediately because of the home Luton first couple games, yeah. you know, Wolves, even though, you know, to me at Molyneux is never like really good, but they could be bad enough where it might be good this year. Um, yeah. I, I don't also think though that you have to go on to, on to break because I mean, there's seven, five, seven million players. I, I mean, I think Bowen is a really underrated pick. You know, I mean, you have, you have pedigreed players who are going to be playing 90 minutes every game, even though the system isn't as sexual, you know, you don't have to think about it. Um, you know, Madison like, seven five. I mean, there are six million players in the game, six five players in the game that are not on Brighton that are good picks, I think, too. Yeah, but in my head, they just don't have Brighton ceiling. No, like, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's that's the balance, right? Like yeah. you, you have good eight nine picks that you believe in that have minutes, and I think you can afford to be flirty with one or two spots in your team because it's all chaotic anyway, right? Game week one, we don't have enough information, so that's that's what I'm. What are you struggling yeah. with? Like any spots that you're sort of struggling with or that you can't really make your mind up on? Like, yeah, I think pretty spot. much all of them except for Watkins. <laughs> 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 I mean, the defense I haven't really spent that much time on because I just don't really care. I'll figure that out like a few days before. 
I mean, yeah. I generally kind of have an idea of how much I'm looking to spend there. Um, I need to spend more time talking with Alana about the city defense thing we're talking about because I could see a world where I enter in with two defenders. Um, and just for th- I forget about defense that much that I'm just like, I want that. I'll reevaluate after a month or two because, you know, I think that they're just going to grind teams out and those aren't going to be games until they start rotating more. I don't I know. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Because, like, I was thinking the same thing and then I heard your premium price and the mid-price spot. And like, you know, the first time I sat down to make a team, I had Gabrielle, Shaw, and Chilwell. And I heard your pod and while listening to pod, generally I'm telling myself, you're sort of thinking about FPL all day anyway, right? Like you need to have a city defender. Every time I look at those fixtures, I'm like you need to have a city defender. Those are free points. There's genuinely free points. Like there's, like you guys were spot on. There's only one team you can really trust when it comes to cleans that might not change things up too much. Like every other team is going through some sort of tactical, huge upheaval. Yeah, or huge upheaval. Yeah. yeah, it's just city, and city is probably going through it again. But you trust Pep more than anybody else anyway. So yeah, well, that's why. I mean, to me, it goes back to not. Oh, I'll get other premium defenders if I don't. Then it's like I just have four or five guys, you know, like Perv yeah. or Gabriel. They're five, like that's whatever. You know, I have a four. You know, I just spend really. I'm really threadbare there because I don't trust anyone. I don't care. Just get the cheap guys, whatever. Um, but in midfield, it's just there's so many choices that I am yeah. just all over the show with that. And you know, Holland, I'm like probably going to have him probably going to start with him probably don't want to end my my life before it begins here this year but in midfield i mean it's genuinely like f- all five spots are subject to change I, even Saka, yeah. like you know there are worlds where i'm just like odegaard's my guy you know and fuck pens i don't care about pens like i maybe odegaard's playing deeper uh, fucking whatever you know he's not gonna be playing deeper against nfo at home or fulham at home so you know it's it's every it's all over the place. I'm but is it, is, place is it, isn't that like let's talk about Odegaard since he's your guy? And I don't want to talk you out of Odegaard, but like you guys process the information for that that for either Kai or Trasad, who was playing that LCM spot to work, like the information that you process and that Arteta has trialed in preseason is that Odegaard needs to withdraw himself a little and not do the things he was doing last season, like. Shouldn't you act on that information in your game week one, Matt? Because you pre-decided that Odegaard's your guy, right? Like this is what you and Bradley were talking about. Like, so isn't an adjustment required there? Well, I—that's just one of many hypotheses that he's going to need yeah. to play more with John. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. To me, he's still that. the best yeah. player. He's the best player on the team. You know, if if you're telling me who is the best player on this team, it's Odegaard. That's who I'm picking. Like just from goalkeeper to forward, right? And. I, it's, it's what do I weigh the most, you know, of all of the information there? You know, I mean, it might also just come down to, I like him the best. And what am I going to be the most sad about, you know, not owning Odegaard? Yeah. And he pops in with yeah. a goal yeah. and an assist, home NFO, and Saka gets an assist and a yellow card. It's like, that will make me really, really, the sads will overwhelm yeah. me. So I want <laughs> to avoid that. I don't want to, yeah. I want, you know, so it's it's a lot of there's a lot of action going on there. Um, I get it. I, I, like like if it's a fifty fifty call, and you will have this information closer to. I don't I don't know if it's not a fifty fifty call. I'm not implying I don't know that what the so. numbers are. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, know how yeah. close or far away. Yeah, it is. But I always say like whenever somebody asks me, and so many people ask like, stupid questions, like play the 
play FPL in the way you least regret to this, the decision. So I'm with yeah, you. and it's um, you know it depends if I want to just do the thing that I usually do and get the guys I like, or I want to try something different. You know, and what do you want to? Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know. I still don't know. I'm still undecided. You know, as I'm clicking and thinking about it and evaluating it and thinking about like what's the year going to look like and you know how do I want to play this year and what do I feel like doing? Um, You know, do I want to give in to the contrarian nature and do all this stupid shit and finish one million again? Could do that. You know, could not do that. Do I want to just go template and see where the dust settles after a month? could do that you know i mean it's yeah. it's anything man it's it's all it's anything man how about you how are you looking at it i, I want to stay there for like a couple of minutes longer if you don't mind because oh, like for sure for sure because like there, there was a shift like honestly like a couple of years ago this sort of self-destruction button wasn't there like you were great through the season like in terms of not going the 100 yard and you knew how to play the chips based on your reads to do well. Like, 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 is it a, I don't know what happened in the last year or two, but like that self-destruction mode just came a lot faster in terms of how far you went with your ideas. Like, I, I feel like if you just hone in on that, like 30%, because like, so I asked Baker as well, because I did this, uh, did this with him last year when I came on to speak to Alon. And I was like, do you have any words for Walsh? And he, this is what he said. He's like, with Walsh, it almost feels like it's self-preservation. Like he's not playing his own game. He's playing a caricature because he's scared of his own game. The Walsh we hear preseason isn't the Walsh we hear during the season. Or isn't the Walsh we see during the season. <laughs> like there is a shift because like, you know the pieces and you know how to do this and then and then at one point you're just saying fuck it i don't want to do this anymore like yeah i mean i I don't i don't agree that i self-destruct because i know what i'm doing you know i know exactly how to follow the meta and make the smart choices most of the time i i don't it's not fun for me. You know, I've been playing this game for 10 years or something. I don't do many things for 10 plus years, year in, year out, to this amount of intensity. I don't care what I finish. You know, I don't sit here and I'm like, I all I want to do and the thing I'm going to organize around every year is finishing the highest I can. I don't, it's not important to me. Um, So I don't play that way. So it's not necessarily, I can hear and understand why it might seem that I'm taking, leaning into a caricature of myself, but it's actually just what I like doing. And it's fun. Like, even if I'm doing really badly or I have a really bad game week and I captain, you know, this guy and he hauls, I'm like, oh fuck, that was awesome. Like, okay, what's for lunch? You know, I mean, I think I've separated myself so far away from my, how I'm doing in the game from a rank perspective to like how Mm -hmm. that, influences the rest of my world that like I, yeah. I it's, it's not important to me anymore so i yeah. really do things that i have fun doing and while yeah. that is i i know that's detrimental for my overall rank so i'm not yeah. self-destroying i'm intentionally doing other stuff you know is kind of how yeah. i feel and how i experience it because yeah. i don't feel destruction i finished last yeah. year a million whatever and i bounce back for preseason i'm like sweet like new year let's go you know it's still fun um yeah. and the preseason is different because the preseason pods are more evaluating things critically to me and and we do talk more about the players and the landscape and it's more advisement and you know we go in and out of that in our 45 minute pods throughout the season where it's you know don't do as, you know, do as I say, not as I do, you know, and, and I'm, you know, we do that, you know, that's, that's a big part of 
what what we're up to over here and you know yeah. i enjoy that i'm fine with that yeah. you know and people that so, listen to the pod also know that yeah i mean when i'm listening like i'm jealous that you're like going the 100th percentile in terms of following your ideas right but and i'm i'm leaning more and more towards the more you play like like i want to have fun i want to practice and implement my ideas but like you don't think there is a sweet spot where you go the 80th percentile and not the oh, 100th because i think oh yeah there is for sure yeah like i just feel like for you i see that as a great place where like something you should think about maybe if you want to like it's just i feel like it's it's a great place in terms of being able to do really well and having shit tons of fun like there is a sweet spot somewhere there that's all yeah no there is definitely a sweet spot there and maybe that's something that i don't strive for enough and i do yeah. enjoy you know pushing the boundaries as much as possible in general yeah. when i yeah. feel like there isn't a consequence to like yeah. that i can get away that, with doing it that's yeah, sort of yeah. how i approach life in general yeah. um yeah. Yeah. and you know with fpl you know i sort of have eased into that and yeah. you know ultimately if i'm going to finish 32nd in the world i mm. believe i have to do this you know i'm not yeah. disciplined and good enough at reining it in to slow play at 38 game weeks like i need yeah. to do that you know and yeah. i don't care about finishing 9k or 7k or 13k like yeah i could literally give an actual fuck about that like it would be sick to finish like 40th you know i'd be like okay yeah. that's awesome you know so yeah. you know yeah. in my mind too is right everyone has all the same information and you know, that we sort of talked about that a little bit when I was kind of proposing loosely, like the No Holland team is, you know, where is your ultimate edge? You know, where is it? You know, and to me, it's mm -hmm. not winning the Powerball because that is sort of what players have done who win FPL in the past, where, you know, they stick with these things, like the all of these coin flips break their way, you know, and yeah. I don't, I think that's really just sheer luck, like 99 yeah. luck. But yeah. you know, if 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 you win FPL and you sat there game week one and you're tripling city defense and then you're pivoting to tripling, you know, Brighton midfield, it's like you're doing insane shit. That's like yeah. coming in like time. You know, you still have to win those coin flips, granted. Yeah, you do. But it's yeah. you know, I you know, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with that. Now, I mean, I've never really thought about it in this context before these these terms before, but yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Just, yeah, yeah. Where did? did where are you with the no Holland idea? Twenty uh, seventh July. Um, I mean, he's been in my team like consistently. I think the biggest yeah. issue I have with the team without him is that there's nowhere to put the money. Like, I mean, the team I have yeah. without him versus the team I have with him is like the same kind of. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, do I need four million in the bank? Like, no, not really. You know, kind of deal. So yeah. you don't need to make any compromises whatsoever. Like. Nothing yeah, at you all. really, you really don't, you know, you really don't. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah. where that, it keeps coming out on that, like as, as kind yeah. of just a silliness. And I think where I, it, I imagine it playing out more is that 
I just captain him less. Like at West Ham, just don't captain him. Like I'm not yeah. captaining him away mid table, away good defenses, like at all this year. You know, if I'm, pers- you know, we'll see how Wolves look game week seven, you know, but, you know, at United, not captaining him. At Chelsea, not captaining him. You know, at Villa, not captaining him. You know, and doing that a little bit more, I think there is still an edge to be gained there because I think the herd is so much slower to adapt to the yeah. new information of the season um, is sort yeah. of how I see that. What about you? Have you played with Holland, no Holland, or not really? Not really, but I've thought about exactly what you've thought about. I think there are spots okay. to captain against. Yeah. Like I, that's the sweet spot in my head. Yeah. Like there are spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So yeah. let's see, we're coming up on an hour, you know, maybe we could do a little bit more and then, and then, uh, and then call it a day. Yeah, whatever you feel like, whatever you want to talk about. Is there anything else of just sort of the communal, like what seems to be accepted information that you are seeing differently? Any any big ones so far? Or are you sort of, everything seems fine kind of thing? (laughs) This is fine, this is fine dog comic. No, there's so many good picks, but like the trend thing, like... Like if people are going, I don't know what his ownership is like. What's his ownership like? Like thirty. Like I don't think based on the fixtures they have and what's happened with Liverpool, his ownership should be thirty percent. Like, like it's it's just that you know, like when people are building their teams, right? And uh, Alon slightly touched upon it. Trent to let's say acceptable choice of defender stones is 2.5 million. Like in my head, having two times Salah that nobody has in game week two against Bournemouth is way more valuable than having Trent for the first six or seven weeks where I think other teams have slightly higher odds to keep clean sheets than Liverpool to given their transition and given where their team is today and given their fixtures. Uh, it's easier to build a comfortably looking balanced team with Trent instead of Salah because Salah fitting Salah in requires a lot more compromise and people are just happy to do that and say oh you know we've got the Liverpool premium without actually understanding why they've gotten which Liverpool premium and what the value of that premium is like this it's sort of like the easy way out like what are your thoughts there is there am I making any sense at all um not a ton to me honestly I think he's still a good pick yeah, I really do think he's a good pick. I think you're looking for reasons to convince yourself why you're not going to have him with that. I think that's a straw man argument that you're coming up with. Um, he's a great pick. You know, he's eight million. It's expensive. The difference between him and Stones is not the same as you know, Maddo to Enciso. You know, I mean, it depends what you're doing with the with the price with the with the difference there. But you know, you like we talked about too, right? Are they going to keep five cleans in the first seven, four cleans in the first seven? No. You know, I don't think anybody would sit there with a degree of common say, yeah. They only really need like two, though. That's the thing for him to earn eight. You know, I mean, you could, you know, he could weigh out earn eight. You know, he should make a mockery of the eight million over the course of the season. It's again, though, it's when do we have him? You know, and to me, yeah, it's, he hasn't been in a a team of mine, honestly, like zero. I haven't even considered him. I just yeah. think because but, of the fixtures and the landscape, more than that, yeah. the landscape of the game and where the pre, you know where it gets me if I jam him in. Yeah. And I agree with you it too. Does, it is it, it is Mo or Trent. You know, it's not Mo and yeah. Trent. It, that, that team yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, exactly. And that's what like like 
where I am way off from what the community is thinking. Like, I'm not as bullish on Trent just to start the season. But I think the time you wildcard game week six, seven, the fixtures turn green. That's a good time to swerve that. Yeah, agree. Agree. Yeah. I mean, there will be a time where we have probably three Liverpool players in our team. Um, yeah. But yeah, game one, it doesn't make too much sense. Or where, where are you at on Fodinho? Foden. <sighs> I think his Pep's not showed us his cards yet, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what he's going to do. Like, full disclosure, if I see him play left center mid with the advanced role in. Uh, the community shield, he's likely going to be in my team because I'm never able to resist him. I f- don't feel good when others get his points. Like he's our guy. Like that's that's what I feel about him. So if I see that, uh, I'll, I'll jump. And like, there's a little bit of doubt. Do, do you think there's any threat to Martinelli's minutes from Trasad? Like, do you, do you oh, think it's enough? No, 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 you don't, don't no, I don't. I think. Um, they just have so many games, so having a good squad is nice. I mean, there are games where I could see he doesn't play Jesus, right? Martinelli, Tross, they're both starting. You know, they yeah. kind of, you know, Martinelli can kind of go play the left wing, but with Jesus and Martinelli together, they're understanding and the way they complement each other. I mean, Martinelli's just way better than Trossard as a player. I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. really close. Um, yeah. Trossard's very good, and he's he's a functional, capable player, and, you know, he, on his day, you know, he can score a hat-trick. He's done it before. But in yeah. terms of him actually taking meaningful minutes. I mean, I think that's yeah. insane. He's also been playing notion. the guy role. Like Trossard. In my yeah, like in my head, yeah. I think he's thinking of Trossard as an option for Martinelli as well as Kai in that role. And Kai can Kai I think Kai in the game morning game played wide and Trossard played LCM. Like sort of fluid situation happening there. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. have just so many. I mean, there are games right where Rice is. Rice isn't going to play six games this year. Yeah. I mean, there are going to be games yeah. where it's Partey, right? And then it's yeah, they play. Yeah. There are so many games against fucking dog shit teams that yeah, he can yeah. play an attacker in these spots. He doesn't need more than three or four defenders in the middle of the park, including the actual defenders and the yeah. DM. Like it just doesn't matter. So I think yeah. that they, you know, he just has good options. And but will they cannibalize each other to where they're not picks? Like. I think you're right. Odegaard plays every minute he can, yeah. and the game goes out of reach. He'll do some subs, whatever, right? Saka plays every minute he can. Martinelli, yeah. because of the way he plays, and because he seems to be carrying a niggle all the time because he's such a psycho when he plays, I think he gets subbed on 70 a lot more, right? Same with Jesus, right? I think, you know, they're, they need yeah. to be protected more. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's clear, you know, who the first choice is, honestly. Yeah. And I don't. And same with Kai and Trissard. I think Kai is another level of player than Trissard. I think Trissard's more of just an adaptable, fungible player that he can plug in in different positions when he needs to, but he's not going to be in the best 11 to me at any point, yeah. unless if there are injuries. Uh, but he's streaky. Like, he is streaky. Like, he tends to go on these hot runs of like five, six, seven games, and then he runs cold. Like, we've seen that at Brighton previously, also. Like, so yeah. that's just something that, that I'm watching out for. And the other yeah. thing, right? It's, it's, it's the, the meta that you guys were talking about, where because of the whole, most of the top eight teams trying to invert one wing back and sort of have them playing in midfield, there's just not many defenders that attack incessantly anymore like we don't have players like Reese Chilwell and Trent Robo of yesteryear where they're constantly bombing crosses or occupying that position and like 
where that's the reasoning why I've structured my defense around that thinking at the moment, at least, is that Stones is great. Uh, 5.5 million, I think he's first choice. Uh, also, because of the sheer stupidity of the fixtures that City have in the first seven, eight, nine games, I feel like City is going to have so much control of the ball. Stones could just like make an easy pass to somebody who just took a shot into goal. It's sort of like a Rodri assist. He doesn't need to assist to get an assist. So that of that 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 sort of thing is going on in my head where I think Stones might be very handy, like the first seven, eight weeks for because of the season. And Estupinan Alon already spoke about it, and then Ben Chilwell. Like every time I'm watching Chelsea play, like Chilwell's winger or inside forward. And like this has been the case since I've seen Chilwell play for the last four or five years, where I don't really trust their uh clean sheet capabilities, but because of the fixtures game week three onwards, I think I'm going to make that bet just because of the skill set of the player that Chilwell is. This yeah. Yeah. Well, we have, I mean, we have seen that in the past, you know, we don't know yeah. what it looks like in a back four with Reese. He hasn't done that yet. I mean, yeah. to me, that with Chill, I mean, Chilwell's, I haven't considered him for five seconds in my team. Um, yeah. I mean, he's the kind of player that you are looking at. Okay. Well, game week three, maybe, but why am I stashing that player? You know, I mean, I'd rather have someone. I mean, he can he play two just like Reese? Like, can he play two games in a row without getting hurt? Show me, right? So, I mean, you're not stashing. You know, the center back who you know is going to right off the bench game week three. I'm set. I'm good, right? So, to me, that that's a little bit challenging to justify. Like, but like Reese is the guy who gets injured every third game. Like in my head, no, Chilwell. I, I think Chilwell's gotten injured for like a long duration. And then he's had issues coming back, and now I think he's fit. Like I, I don't think it's the same as okay. Reese, where Reese sort of plays like two, three games, has a little niggle, can't play. Like I think Chilwell's injured or not injured, and I think right now he's not injured, and I, I think that's different from what Reese is. That's fair. In my I mean, head. the brittle, yeah. the brittleness of what type of injuries they get, you can yeah. definitely sell me on that. The fact of the matter yeah. is, this player does not play a lot of football, and I'm happy to if they look because this is also the question of is he going to be doing that when they're playing their first eleven? What even yeah. are they going to look like? I have no idea. You yeah. know, we just yeah. we, there's so many unknowns there that you know I'm yeah. not as convinced like on on Chilwell, but I see where you're coming from. I mean, the the potential for profit is tremendous. Um, yeah, but like if they look I, competent in the first two games. And then home loot and home forest are coming up. I'll take a hit to get him. You know, if I want, yeah. I really want Chilwell and Raz and Nkunku, I'll take a fucking minus eight. I don't care. You know, I'll just do that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, from the off. So it sounds like you're pretty set, settled though in some spots. You know, telling me about talking about Stones, talking about Perv. What are you yeah, looking at over there? Rashford. Who are you? What spots are you was... playing with? So, so at the moment, I'll tell you what my current team looks like if I'm thinking of doing the more thing I've got steel or any 4.5 million keeper as my sure. keeper in defense I've got a Stupinan, Stones, Chilwell and Gabriel uh, in midfield I've got Rashford, Salah Martinelli and Saka and then uh, Haaland and Pedro up front like and with an intent to probably spread that more, uh, more money into the right cheaper Liverpool attacker or Chelsea attacker or son, whoever emerges game week three. Like that's the sort of thing that's going on in my head. So it's just a 4-4-2. Are, okay? Are you okay wild card in game week three? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think some of the best that's seasons... Where my, that's where my mind just went, hearing that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Like what's 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 not steady about the team? Like the defense looks fine. Like the well, you're got, playing four of them for first thing. You know, which yeah, we're sitting here yeah. talking about how little we trust for clean sheets. And you're like, oh, let me play an extra defender. So I don't love that idea. Yeah, yeah, Jao yeah. Pedro, you know, he starts game one, doesn't start game two. Uh-oh. Mo gets yeah. an assist game week two. Liverpool's stalling. Uh-oh. You know, there are a lot of uh-ohs here that can go wrong. So that, Yeah, but, but the if o, you're happy the to o do was that... solved by this huge bank of money that is Mo. Like, sure, like sure. It's, I mean, it's, it's a minus. Could be, could be. But yeah. you know, I think you know you you know that there are some some things there that could go sideways. But if you're if you walk into it knowing the risk and knowing that you're comfortable taking the the wild card game week three rather than spending game weeks three to seven yeah. catching up, you know, then you're good. Yeah. You know, I mean, no team yeah. game week one is bad because we can literally yeah. pick a new team after the first set of games is played. You know, I mean, we could do yeah. that whenever yeah. we want. So yeah. you know, the time to take risk to me is also game week one when you can click that button. And fix it all, you know, when we have yeah, real information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the genuine way, way up against the non-Motras is like, so if I take more down to a Bruno, I can easily take 4.5 midfielder to any 7, 7.5, 14 year, for example, gets in there and I can upgrade like a Pedro to an Nkuku or Watkins. It's, it's that comfortable. And that's it's just easy to play with. That's that's the thing. Like you don't yeah. need to do much else. You don't need to touch Haaland at all to get a great team of seven to nine million guys from all these good teams. Yeah, so, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. What are you? We haven't talked about uh, Brentham. I'm interested to hear. I mean, Bumo has been very chalk, and you know, I didn't hear his name in your draft. How do you see Brentham this year? First five, you know, really good fixtures from an attack standpoint. Three homes in the first four. Home Spurs at Fulham, home Palace, home Bournemouth, home Everton game week six. What are you, what are you thinking about Brenham? Are you, 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 you're fading them? No, I'm not fading them. Like, like the safer Pedro option is going Visa because he looks like he's going to be starting the, like, if I want to play the minutes card and not the upside card thinking about Brighton because I do think that Brighton have more goals in them in the first five games than Brenham does. But like, if I want to not use my wildcard, for sure, game week three and go with the steady AD where I'll be happier with Vista staying there for a longer time. It's what chalk is. Like, I don't think you can go wrong. You're going to get one and three, one and four. You're going to, if you get lucky, you'll get a brace, like to a double return somewhere there. But that's what Brentham are. Like, you don't expect them to blow away teams by four or five goals, right? You expect them to get two when goals. When they play your team. Yeah, when they play our team, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. yeah, 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 yeah. That happened last year. That's happened last year. <laughs> but yeah, man. keep yeah. going. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Trey I mean, it's, it's also like the the likelihood of Wissa or Bumo being involved in the few goals versus getting Jao Ladro, who is like like that's like that percentage is lower, yeah. but like they have more goals. Yeah. It's like that age old debate, yeah. right? And then yeah. then there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like fuck yeah. me, yeah, yeah. But like. It's just the kind of player I, ha- I am, right? Like you want to see the stars. Like that's the thing. Like I, given player type A versus player type B, very few times will I go for a player type B. Like it, like it almost will be an adjustment where I'm like, okay, I'm going too many crazy things here. I need to have Vesa in the spot. Like that's the adjustment that sort of is. Yeah. That's the failsafe almost. Like, yeah, it's funny because like we, I think we both see it similarly, but we pick a different player profile. Like, yeah. you are more happy to take the player who is has is sick and yeah. has a chance to like brace. 
yeah. might just not play. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. it's really like <laughs> yeah. they're just or they they're like a they they're a right. Yeah. To me, they're like I've yeah. been like really looking a lot at actually Bowen like the last few days since we potted of just like yeah. why is he in no teams? Like I like I like buying more. I think the pedigree of has shown it to me before. But nobody's yeah. talking about them for some stupid or reasons that I don't agree with, like Watkins, for example, yeah. right? And and someone like Bowen, you know, Madison too, to a lesser extent. I mean, he's getting a little more helium lately because of yeah. you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just different, I guess. You know, whereas you're like, give me Foden, you know, or give me give me fucking Jao Pedro, who might not start for yeah. three games, you know, but yes, if he does yeah. start, you know, it's insane, yeah. right? Kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just a marketer to so like, like sell me something else. Oh like, my god! Slap it all up. Yeah, yeah slap it uh, all yeah. up. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. my yeah. god! Oh yeah. my god! That's why I listen all to right, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're just salesmen, snake oil salesmen. <laughs> That's all we are. Yeah. That's all yeah. we are. Yeah. All right, brother. I think we'll yeah. probably call it call it there, unless if there are any final parting topics or anything else you wanted to touch on before we before we go. How are you doing over there? I'm doing good. I, doing good. Nothing. I, yeah. I'm hoping you find that sweet spot. Like, like, like. I think like even Alon will be rooting for like your rank 32 season more than his own season. Like, like just hoping it happens. Like <laughs> this season, next season. Like it'd be great to fucking watch that. It's yeah. It's so funny because it's like Alon. Yeah. Like yeah. Like he pulls for me more than I pull for myself. Like he wants me to yeah. do well so badly, and he knows yeah. that if he's like too heavy-handed with me, that I'll just like yeah. reject him out of sight. <laughs> they can forget it. So he always does the like subtle coaxing kind of thing. Like this is yeah. good, you know. And then sometimes yeah. I listen, right? But, yeah. yeah. But have you thought about what happens if like you ever? Like get up there, like sitting in game week twenty eight. Yeah, I, uh, it'll be like this is great, but I I think that I could do it this way too. It's just a lower yeah, likelihood. Yeah. No, no, I'm just like yeah. no, no, no. I know it'll be great. Like that. Like how will you feel? Like uh, like Alon was great until like last season twenty eight. He was doing well around the plus fifty k mark. He was not handling that sort of pressure. He was like. Panic stations like last 10 minutes before he said, I don't know whether it's this, do that, do that. He's like sending questions. I'm like, bro, you've done well. Just like back your gut. Like, you know how to play the game. You don't need me to affirm your decision. Like, like, yeah, do, yeah, do you yeah. think you, like you'll have that sort of like a temperamental? No, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm yeah, able to keep my wits and my, you know, myself about me, you know, in the face of a lot of adversity and stress and challenge. So I don't think Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've never been obviously like rank 310 sitting here looking at my team, like, you know, is it Raz time? Like, I don't know. You know, I think I would probably go through the same thing though. I mean, I do that anyway when I'm fucking a million. So it's like no different. I would probably be the same, you know, psychopath, like picking idiot players and doing dumb shit. It'll just be working for a successive period of time rather than not working, which I'm used to for a successive period of time. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out. But, um, but I appreciate the uh, the well wishes, and we'll see how yeah, it, how it goes on for me. And you, I mean, you always do well, so I, I don't have to worry no. about you. No, no. In the last uh, huh? th- in the last three seasons, I've done like a two hundred k and six hundred. No, I've done a one twenty k and a six eighty k. So the gloves are off, you know. Like, like I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to have some fun now. I didn't oh, no. enjoy last season. Anyways. So you have so, like, the I'm podcasters good. curse. You're in my. Yeah, you're yeah. where I'm at. You're fucked. You're fucked. No, no, no. no. No, but there, there is the lore. Like, cause like the last time I spoke to you, 
on this podcast, I had my best season ever. So like okay. if that's that sort of thing that's happens. Why again, came on. That's, that's why, why I came, came on. on. You're like, oh, this fucking annoying Americans asking me to go on his little small podcast. I'll throw yeah. him some crumbs because yeah. last time I went on it was my best season. Okay, superstition. Yeah, yeah, yeah superstition. And then and, and then so I have like Great season, shit season. Great season, shit season. So I think it's a turn. It's a turn. You got to believe. Like, what's the point if you don't believe? Like, <laughs> what's the point of anything? You tell yeah. me. All yeah. right. That's a wrap. LR, thanks for coming on. appreciate your time as always. Cheers. And best of luck to you this season. Love you, man. Likewise. Cheers, man. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.